Hi, everyone. I'm Mel Butcher. And I'm Michelle Redfern. And we're behind the Lead to Soar podcast. We've got a couple really fun things to share with you. And the first thing we want to share is our colleague, Susan Colantuno. She started a podcast called Be Business Savvy. Be Business Savvy. We highly recommend it. And it's a short form podcast where you hear directly from Susan. It's like having a friendly mentor in your ear. So check her out at BeBusinessSavvy.com. Over to you, Michelle. Thanks, Mel. Well, two exciting things from me, along with Be Business Savvy. Number one, The Leadership Compass. My very first book is due for release on March 26, 2024. You can find out more about The Leadership Compass, what it's all about. Of course, it'll be your ultimate guide if you're an ambitious woman leader. You can find more about that at michelleredfern.com. And hand in hand with the Leadership Compass book is the Leadership Compass boot camps. I'm going to do one boot camp a quarter for 2024 for just six women at a time. And you'll be working through in three weeks. So, yes, it's short, sharp, and high impact. All of the elements from the Leadership Compass and my 40 years of executive experience. So, you'll cover BQ, EQ, and SQ, and you will be positioned to have a career that soars. Again, you can find out about the boot camps at michelleredfern.com, leadtosoar.com, or if you can't find any of that, just drop us a line and we'll point you in the right direction. You're listening to Michelle Redfern and Mel Butcher on Lead to Soar, bringing you the best leadership advice and mentorship from around the world. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Okay, it's January, which means it's mentoring month. We're going to release a few episodes that focus around this topic of mentoring. And this is something we're very passionate about because effective mentoring is not something that's very often taught. And that goes both ways. What I mean is managers are rarely taught how to mentor and young professionals are rarely taught how to be a good mentee or protege. So today's discussion is going to be a great deep dive with Susan and Michelle with their experiences in mentorship. Well, I am absolutely delighted to be sitting down with you half a world apart, Michelle. For those who are listening, Michelle Redburn is one of the awesome co-hosts of A Career That Soars, and also with Mel Butcher, one of the co-producers of A Career That Soars. So as we were chatting in some of our other conversations, the subject of mentoring came up and I said, oh my God, Michelle, I would love to interview you or have a conversation with you about mentoring. So that's where we're headed today. We are indeed. And yes, from half a world away, it is absolutely lovely to be here. Good, good, good. So I'd like to start talking about your early mentoring experiences. And as we've discussed many times, basically there are three ways that women are able to access mentoring experiences. One is that they are tapped on the shoulder by someone who recognizes potential in them. Another is that 
a woman might ask for mentoring. Another is that she might participate in a corporate mentoring program and therefore be assigned a mentor. Now, some of these ways are more common than others, but what were your early mentoring experiences like? were like and uh, who were your mentors and what did you learn that you've carried forth? Yeah, it's uh, when, when we were talking about this episode and, and I was reflecting on mentoring, I, I did have a, a, an aha moment, which is, you know, I have actually never asked for a mentor in my entire career. But I have certainly had people that I now, well, I certainly, you know, given that I've been working for 40 something years, I, <laughs> I look back and think, aha, that was someone who's identified me and has chosen to mentor me and take me under their wing. And sometimes it was a boss or, some, or perhaps someone who used to be a boss or wanted to become a boss. I think the you know, there, there were a range of, of, of different um, mentors. I, I can say that if I think right back at when I was a very young person and playing sport, I was in junior school, in primary school, and playing softball was quite an accomplished softballer. I had a coach who was a teacher at our school. And when I moved on to a more senior, the, the you know, high school, she mentored me because she asked me to follow her around quite literally and help her coach the team that I had previously been in. So I certainly look back to her and I think, you know, she was, she was mentoring me because she was giving me, well, as we talk about a whole bunch of experiences around leadership and how to do it and how to watch her do it so I could learn to do it. So that, that would be on reflection, one of my very, very early mentoring experiences Later in my career, I was chosen to be a part of a formal mentoring program. And I would say I was, I was certainly a, well, I was a leader of leaders at that stage. I was leading quite a big service and delivery center for Telstra, the big telco here in Australia, and had been identified as, you know, someone with, with executive potential. And I was placed into a, a corporate mentoring program and actually ended up being mentored by one of the group executives from Telstra. Had an experience there, which actually informed my views about mentoring for quite some years after that, because it, it actually wasn't very positive. So, oh. yeah. So, yeah. So in that situation, were you matched or yes. did he, okay, that yes. is one of my big bugaboos when it comes yep. to formal mentoring programs. So yeah. now I do have to say though, Susan, I had a hand in this because my ego, <laughs> because <laughs> my ego uh, drove me a little bit rather than thinking about what I should really be mentored on. So the program went something like this. All the mentees or the protégés were, we were assembled. We, we did a whole bunch of training, you know, courses and, you know, development. And then we were advised who the, you know, the list of mentors were and we were mm -hmm. asked to nominate uh, without, any, without any guarantee but nominate who we would prefer to be mentored by. So me being me, I looked at the most senior powerful person who was the group managing director of the big infrastructure sector, uh, sorry, division that I was in. I went, I'll be mentored by him. Thank you very much. Because I thought he, well, 
well, you know, part of it was male, powerful, mm. you know, but it was very ego driven. I thought I want to be mentored because I'll be important if I'm mentored by the most important person. <laughs> Big mistake. And then, yeah, then then the matching was done and we're all thrown together. And I, and I literally say we were thrown together. There you go. You off you go and you sit down every month and have a conversation. And that was it. And it was disastrous. Oh, that's too bad. So you're making me think of the fact that sometimes we learn a lot from bad bosses as well as good bosses. Are, were, were there any substantive takeaways, even though it wasn't the ideal mentoring relationship? Yeah, and let me clarify. He, it wasn't that he was bad. We were just so poorly matched. So mm. I can, if I can paint a picture, this man was by trade an engineer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he was introverted yeah. and uh, a little bit awkward. And there's me, not an engineer, extremely extroverted <laughs> and confident <laughs> and very, very driven at that stage of my life, not as introspective as I could have been. Mm. <laughs> and I think I, he would see me coming around the corner and just be terrified, I think, because he thought, oh, oh God, there's this, this energetic woman I'm just going to have to suffer through for the next hour or two. And, oh, God, she's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So we were, so apart from our interpersonal preferences and styles, we just... I was ambitious and all I wanted to do was was learn and all, all I wanted to do was get to the top and that's all I wanted to know about. Whereas he had a journey that was very traditional, which was I entered this organisation when I left school, um, I became an apprentice and then I learned my, uh, well, sorry, I, I learned my trade. I moved up through the ranks based on my, you know, tenure and what have you and here I am at the top. Very, very, you know, respected and competent. Whereas I was a I was a lateral mover, and I was did not have a trade. I did not have a you know a, a technical background, just completely different. So we had we were we were at odds from the start. And the truth mm. was, had we been given a better, both of us been given a better framework, it could have been a really successful mm. relationship because he would right. have had so much wisdom that I could have tapped into. And vice versa, I think he could have learned some things from me, given our different career stages and life stages at the time, but we floundered. Yeah, that point you're making about the importance of a framework is so central to effective mentorship. And in most cases, I like to say that that framework is driven by the leadership development goals or other learning goals of the protege or mentee. Yep. And yeah. And without that being clearly served up, it's really difficult to move ahead. Yeah. And as I said, on, on reflection, you know, this, this wasn't an entirely one way experience. I wasn't clear about what my career goals are, were other than up more, (laughs) (laughs) whatever it takes, you know, Um, and that's, you know, that, that's a difficult thing. And I also, and then of course, because I have now mentored formally, informally, and in, you know, in a professional setting in in what you and I do, I have 
been exposed to so many proteges and, and, and frameworks, I now also know that, you know, I just, I, I had no real idea about what my gaps were. But mm. I also, and I had no, I had no real plan, but importantly, I was expecting him to do all the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is, he must have just gone, oh, no. Right. This is so, so hard. <laughs> right. So having a framework, super important. So clear goals. Yep. Also mutuality that yep. it can't, be just on one of you to have the relationship and the interactions produce something powerful. Yeah. So good. You said in an early, one of our earlier conversations for the Lead to Soar podcast series, you said that somewhere in your 20s, someone told you something along the lines like, make decisions as if it were your own money. Who was that? And, and yeah. What were the circumstances? Because that's brilliant guidance. Yeah. So the circumstances were, I recall really clearly because I was 22 years old and I was a very, very young leader in, in you know, today's terms. So I was the branch manager of a, a credit society in, in Perth in Western Australia. And being the ambitious soul that I was, I'd, I'd been in this organisation for less than two years. I had very much declared my intent for leadership. Uh, I was spotted again and promoted to this role. So my boss, Tony, at the time, and Tony was in charge of all of the, the branch network for this uh, organisation, this building society organisation, Teachers Credit Society it was called, <laughs> Anyway, Tony, I'd been, I think it was in my settling in period, you know, that sort of first month or two, I, I, I can't recall, but he, uh, he came down, I was in a suburban branch, he came down, we were having our coaching management one-on-one session, whatever we call them in the 80s, and he said, you know, I've got some advice for you, and this was the advice he said to me, I want you to make decisions here and in you know whatever you do here like you are cutting the check to pay for it and and I said what do you mean he said I want you to think about if I had to pay for this myself would I employ that person would I buy that desk would I open the branch for longer hours would I he said just think about if you were paying for it what would you do and I said okay and as I've said to you before, I kind of, I, I probably discarded it as really good advice, but I had inherently lived it anyway. My very first job as a very young person, and I, I was telling Mel that I was a rebellious early school leaver and worked, but my very first job was in a small family-owned business in, in country Western Australia. So I was acutely aware about cash flow. I was acutely aware about how money pays for things and if the revenue doesn't come in, the business can't pay its bills and grow and, you know, do all sorts, buy inventory. You know. So, you know, it's so fascinating when you look back and you think, wow, I had these extraordinary lessons. And when Tony gave me this advice, 
I certainly went, yep, 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 as I do. Ah, ha, ha, righto. Okay, let me add it. You know, I just want to get on with it. But but it absolutely stayed with me because it has certainly been a characteristic of the way I have run businesses. Now, whether I'm running them for owners, for shareholders, or myself, it, it is has been a characteristic that stayed with me. So it was extraordinarily good career advice early on because, yeah. you know, as we say, act like a passionate business owner. There you go. Yeah, no matter what your level, think like yep. a CEO. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 You're listening to Lead to Soar. Find information on upcoming events and learn how to join the network at leadtosoar.com. So you didn't recognize it as mentoring at the time, but you did take it throughout. You have taken it throughout your career. I'd like to use that as a springboard to talk about cake and pie mentoring. Because that was an example of pie mentoring. And for those of you who haven't read my book, Make the Most Mentoring, I want to just briefly explain cake versus pie mentoring. So uh, cake mentoring is mentoring where the, the mentor helps you develop confidence. That's the C. Helps you identify your aptitudes or skills. And oh, by the way, might also give you a little attitude adjustment or just plain advice in general. So that's the A in cake. Cake mentoring also is an interaction where you benefit from making connections that will help you be successful in your current and future jobs. And so because cake and pie, everyone likes cake and pie. I, I always spell connection with a K, so that's the K. And these connections can be your mentor saying, hey, you really not need to talk to Marianne over in the IT department because she'll have some proper insights for you on this project. Or you need to meet with our analysts next time you go to this major event or it's important for you to get this certification or I highly recommend you read this book. So all of those are examples of connections with a K. <laughs> and cake mentoring also is mentoring that encourages you to go after jobs or opportunities or experiences that you might never have on your own. So that's cake, confidence, mm -hmm. aptitude, connections, and encouragement. And in my experience, when I ask groups of women, and as I have around the world, how many of you have had cake mentoring? Almost everyone in the room who has ha ever had a mentor raises her hand. But there's another kind of mentoring that I'll describe just briefly. And if you want to know how I discovered it, <laughs> you can check it out in the book. And if you're in our any of our premium circles, the book is free for you. PDF of the book is free. So the other kind of mentoring is pie mentoring. And this is mentoring where your mentor helps you understand the performance of the business. And by that, I mean, helps you develop business strategic and financial acumen, gives you 
coaching and mentorship around your image as a leader. And yes, some of that will have to do with your, how you present yourself and verbally and non-verbally, but most importantly, that has to do with your ability to carry a conversation using the language of the business. And so that's the I. P for performance of the business, I for image of a leader, and E is for exposure. And yes, exposure to people who can make a difference in your career, but equally and sometimes more importantly, exposure to how decisions are made at higher levels and in other functions or parts of the business. So <laughs> cake mm. and pie mentoring, really important concepts for figuring out what you need at whatever stage of your career that you're in. But Mike, Michelle, you got exposed to cake and pie mentoring through our working together and how did that make you reflect back on the career advice you had received to date or the mentorship that you had benefited from to date? Yeah, it, it, you're right. It, it absolutely made me think, what have I been getting from those that have taken an interest in me, uh, yeah, my, my mentors, formal and informal? And I do have two standout mentors who gave me pie mentoring and you know it's such and, and they were both such significant game changers for my career and of course I didn't realize it at the time so one I've talked about before he was the the person who sat me down at the age of about 30 and said you, you need to stop you know in his words about um, and get serious about your career you've got potential you're talented and I'm going to give you an opportunity and I want you to take it with both hands but you need to be ready and he said you and in our words I needed to have that internal shift identity shift which he helped me to accelerate and so uh, Steve and I've talked about him a couple of times but then as I was preparing for this podcast I did recall funnily enough working for that same boss Steve and his method was he was very, very good at pie. And one of the particularly oh, image as a leader, oh, not so much, but certainly performance of the business and exposure. The exposure he gave me to decision makers, decision making, and not just look in from the sidelines, Michelle, get involved. And here's the example that I would give. At the time, uh, Telstra would have these uh, internal business audits, it, business excellence audit, and uh, a, a team of folks would literally turn up in your business division and audit you across a whole bunch of parameters to say, is this you know, the gold standard way of operating this particular area? And... Now, when I say turn up, you'd have a little bit of preparation, but you wouldn't have much. You'd have literally, I think, four weeks and the auditors would turn up. And it was a way of really lifting the overall performance of the business. So our, um, our particular area was chosen for an audit. And Steve, my boss, my first great pie mentor said to me, you're going to lead this. You're going to get us ready. 
you're going and I'm going but that's your job <laughs> he's in <"Nin>, <laughs> he said you're going to do this so he said I want you to get us ready I want you to make sure that we're in tip-top condition you I want you to meet the auditing team and the auditing team had uh, one very very senior person and a range of other people of different levels in the career but but pretty much senior people so simply by doing that he was asking me to really forensically examine everything we did from a, a performance a process um, the tools the technology to make sure that we we're in tip-top shape so boy what a great way to learn about the business of your business and also to well frankly do some gap analysis wow here's what we're doing really well and here's where we need to improve so that was a that in and of itself was a terrific experience but then yeah. being a, I was going to say that's no, 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 fabulous that yeah. he put you in charge that's a, that's an excellent example of exposure and perf- yeah. and performance understanding the 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 business of the business most and, oh, go on yeah, and, and it was, it was such a, um, a formative experience and so interesting that I had kind of forgotten, but it was, a, it was a pivotal point in my career because it then led me in a very elongated way to where I am today. And I'll, mm. I'll explain a little bit more about that. Mm. So this, this example makes me think of the difference between the two E's, the E and cake, which is for encouragement and the E in pie, which is for exposure. So, so if he had said to you, hey, Michelle, there's a, there's a spot open for someone to head up the business excellent audit. And I think that would be a good thing for you to raise your hand for. That would have been cake mentoring mm. because he would have been encouraging you to go after something. But darn it, he put you right in it. Yep. <laughs> he gave that exposure, which sounds incredibly invaluable. Uh, absolutely. And, absolutely. And for that reason, he gave you the exposure. The exposure happened to also enhance your uh, business strategic and financial acumen. So the P part of pie. Yeah. Most, and, and, and I think that was when, when I think about, lessons learned and perhaps not learned but oh, I don't know intrinsically mm-hmm. absorbed perhaps that was what was happening at the time <laughs> mm, yeah mm. yeah I've, I've observed in several instances where a, a manager an executive has said well I gave her this feedback or I gave her this opportunity because I was developing her and the woman said Oh, he all he ever does is criticize me and load me up with work. So exercising our ability to look at, especially uh, stuff coming from our bosses as mentoring is a really important thing to learn to do. Yeah. And my relationship with this boss was was so strong over such a long period of time. It's so strong that whilst he hadn't overtly said I'm getting you ready to lead at the next level and the next level beyond that I just understood that that was what he was doing now it could have been my ambitious ego at the time which I make no apologies for or it could have been I don't know but he was absolutely 
uh, we inherently, we both inherently understood that I was getting ready to lead at the next level and then the next level. And he, and, and, you know, and I guess the other thing to give myself some credit, I was very overt about my ambition. And, you know, I was very clear that, that I wanted to be a significant contributor to the organisation, but at some point, preferably sooner, <laughs> I wanted mm. to be shaping the way the organisation or where it was going and how it was going to get there, not just doing. So, okay. yeah, I, I was yeah very, very ambitious. But, but the and exposure... You your, sorry, yeah, you made your goals known, which oftentimes we sit back and wait to be recognised for our excellent performance. Yes. And it's not how most male managers especially expect career-oriented people to behave. They expect career-oriented people to raise their hand. And you were very lucky that he didn't, when you raised your hand, that he didn't fall into the trap of saying, oh, here's a woman and she needs to have her confidence built or I need to help her, I need to encourage her to strive for higher positions. No, he went right to the important piece. Yep. for especially at higher levels of course you need cake and pie in dif at different times for different reasons but for higher levels if you aren't getting pie mentoring you're going to plateau mm. so mm. yeah good for him and good for you on yeah those two counts. but the so the, the the final part of that story around the e was that the very senior executive who led this auditing team as it turned out and this is where it's interesting because my my natural relationship building skills came to the fore. But so Ken, his name was, he rocks on in. And I had just happened to be having dinner with my parents the night before. And I mentioned this guy's name and my dad said, oh, God, Ken and I go way back. We were, you know, blah, blah, blah together. And I went, oh, okay. And I thought, and, you know, and I thought, hmm, interesting. That'll be a good conversation starter. And that'll be a good way to build my rapport with this person and say, you know, my dad. <laughs> And anyway, so I did, I, I wound that into the conversation, but Ken pulled me aside towards the end of the audit because it was about a week long. And he said to me, I want to have a conversation with you uh, in a couple of hours time. He said, I want you to really think about where you're going to go to next, because I've got a whole bunch of stuff going on and I'm interested in understanding where your head's at. And I'm thinking, oh. I don't want to go around the country ordering, auditing. I've got two little kids at home and I'm yeah. struggling to hold down a job. I thought, oh, hell's bells, what's going on here? So we end up going and having a coffee together and he said to me, I have got a whole, what we would call in today's terms, a transformation. Uh, he said, I've got a whole bunch of stuff to do in my divisions on the east coast of Australia. And one of them is getting people's mindsets, turning them out of purely service into a service and sales mindset for our frontline staff. And he said, I want you to come and talk to at my next conference. I'll fly you over, blah, blah, blah. And I put away, I couldn't say yes quick enough. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I did that and I, I, I went to the East Coast, spoke at this conference about my own, the way I, I led sales teams and coaching and what have you. And as a result of that, I was then invited to go to another one. Then as a result of that, uh, I came back, I was then promoted into another role, a fairly big role, and um, <clears throat> ended up 
frankly, um, then Ken circling back at another conference that we're all at, you know, big leaders conference on the East Coast. And I always say, people go, how did you end up moving from Perth to Melbourne in Australia? I say, you know what? I was given the most significant promotion of my, well, one of the most significant promotions of my life or game changers on a dance floor <laughs> because <laughs> we're at the after party for at this conference. Ken and I were having a, a boogie on the dance floor that dates me saying a boogie on the dance floor. And yeah. he just he just said to me, Michelle, how mobile are you? And I went, yeah, look at me dance. He goes, don't be, a, don't be a fool. He said, I'm serious. He said, how mobile are you? I said, what are you talking about? He said, I want you to come and work for me. I want you to move you and your family to the East Coast. I've got this, you are the one to do what I need to get done. And I went, okay, okay. <laughs> no worries. Wow. Wow. And I said, yes. And I thought, oh holy moly, how am I going to do this? And I thought, I'll just figure it out. Ten days later, I'd move. And wow. then my family followed me about uh, three or four months later. And so, you know, all, all from a, Michelle, I want you to lead a business audit. I ended up moving my entire life to the east coast of Australia. And, and put it this way, that was very much a part of my career plan because for any of you who have listening who have worked in, I guess, outposts or regional areas or not at head office, you know that there's a head office hum and there's a head office way of doing stuff. And that's I, I wanted to be where the decisions were being made. I wanted to be where I could brush shoulders with those people, those really important people, because I wanted to be one of them. And I wasn't mm -hmm. going to be one of them in the location that I was in. So I'd always, you know, harbored this goal to be on the East Coast. And I thought, right, I'm going for it. Oh, there's a, the negotiation that happened in the background uh, was yeah. a whole other thing, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say that that the that the Steve, my original great boss mentor sponsor, when I said to him, I said, "I'm going to be leaving you," he's going, "Awesome!" He just said, "That is so awesome. I'm so proud oh, of you." Good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so you know, a bit of a, an elongated story, but such a game changer and so many lessons on reflection. So thank you for asking me to reflect on all that, Susan, because I not really thought about those stories for a little while and just how formative they were for, you know, the building blocks of, of my brilliant career because I have had yes. a brilliant career and, yep. and loved it, yeah. Yeah. Tangential to what you just said, I found, I considered my first boss in corporate America to be one of my best and most favourite mentors. He gave me cake mentoring, but that was fine. I was 22 years old. Yep. You've heard me talk about him in prior, yep. <laughs> prior podcasts, but I found him, the, the joy of the internet, I found him and I was able all these years later to get in touch with him and tell him how important his mentorship was to my career, my brilliant career. And he was very touched by that. So always think to thank your mentors. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and um, yeah. I, I had the great fortune to maintain contact with both those men for a long, long time um, and, and still do, you know, in a, a you know, a very, well, as you said, the magic of the internet and LinkedIn and, and all those kind of things. And it's, um, I had, have thanked both of them, but I also had a boss very late in my corporate career who I sat down with 
oh, I don't know, it was only about a year, oh God, it was more than a year ago now, gee, but about 18 yeah. months ago, I said to Harry, I want to take you to lunch because I've got something to tell you. And he said to me, oh God, Redfern, what now? <laughs> and I said, no, no, I said, wait till we have lunch. And and I said to him, I, I need to, and I'd written a blog about him and oh. And I just said, I, it's very, all very well that I've written the blog, but I just want to tell you that you have been, you know, this is what you did for me. This is how it played out. And he just, and the same thing, very, very touched. And he said to me, you, you've got no idea what that means to me. And I said, oh, I think I do, but, <laughs> but it was, but I said, honestly, this is a very, I feel so much better that I've, that I've been deliberate about thanking you because this is what doesn't happen often enough, I think. We go, who yeah. are those really, really important people in my career? And have I looped back to say, see what you did here? Yes. <laughs> see what you yeah. did? How yeah. cool is that? Do more of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah do more of it. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So so I just want to wrap a little bow up, uh, around this because not everyone is going to have the opportunity to be put in a position of conducting a business excellent audit. Yep. But almost everyone who's interested in getting some pie mentoring has a whole range of possibilities for going after that. Everything from asking your boss to sit down and discuss the KPIs with you to asking your boss to attend one of his or her staff meetings where there's, there's uh, team performances being discussed. So there are lots of opportunities that if you want to reach out for them, you can create in order to get pie mentoring. Absolutely. And yeah. we quite often talk to the, the, the women that we, our members in a career that soars in our, our workshops and our courses, here's how you can shape a conversation. Don't assume, uh, and I, I certainly say, don't assume your boss is a mind reader. <laughs> because they're not mm -hmm. for a start. Yeah. Um, yeah. So being able to say, I've identified my missing 33% and here are the things that I'm, I know I must get better at or, or enhance my skills on. Here's how you can help me. Can we do this for a period of time? And particularly give them some a time-bound um, uh, request. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we'll talk about asking for a mentor, but, you know, one of the things that, that we can do to do that reverse mentoring is help your, help your boss or your mentor by saying, this is what I want. This is what I need. And this is why you're going to be really good for me and give them the opportunity to share their wisdom in a really targeted way. And, and again, it's the men mentee or the protege doing that heavy lifting so that the mentor can share her or his wisdom with you um, in a very targeted way. So shape the conversation. So it's interesting in, in hearing you talk about your mentoring experiences over the course of your internal career, that you had pie mentoring at the start and throughout. You may also have had some cake mentoring, but obviously the mentorship about the business um, had just stayed with you and continued to grow as you grew more senior in your positions. And, and I think it's important to talk about how, because leadership differs at every level and the higher you, we go in organizations, the more what we do is about impacting the overall business and or 
moving the business into more favorable positions in the marketplace. Pie mentoring becomes more and more important the higher we go. I said this a little earlier, if, if we aren't getting enough pie mentoring from middle management up, then we'll get stuck and plateau. And I was wondering if you had any other insights about shifts for you as you moved up in your career, mentoring shifts mm. or the preponderance of pie mentoring. I have, yes, I do. <laughs> um, and it was, it's, it's fascinating when I consider how gender plays such a big role in this. Mm. Um, I, my, my career after my first big career, my 15 years at Telstra, I then went into a much smaller organisation and I talk about my experience in the context of strategic networking um, when we do our strategic networking workshops, mm-hmm. that I suddenly found myself as a, uh, an unknown in a field where I had to have a presence, a leadership brand, and I had to strategically network to help grow the organisation that I was in. But one of the, my mentor there, and she is still a mentor of mine, and she, it's interesting, we had a, we we were at a social function a few years ago, and I said, oh, I just love the fact that you've been my mentor. She goes, oh, but you're my mentor. And I went, oh, my God. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? So, and she's such a dear friend, but she was my boss. She was the CEO of this organisation. And we had known each other for quite some time in the context of I was her client or her, her organization's client. I then be, then went from client side to supply side. They recruited me. And she said to me, this job, this organization is going to be the best general management course or the best non-MBA MBA that you're ever going to do. And she was spot on because I was exposed to well luckily to to Denise um, but I was then as part of my role but also because the organization was so so focused on growth and so focused on delivering value for its shareholder it was privately held that all of us were very very acutely aware of our roles but we were given opportunities to really shine Mm. now then I moved into a couple of other organisations, one extraordinarily big organisation, a global powerhouse, Serco, and I was gobsmacked because in our lingo, here comes the cake. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, I kept going, hang on a minute, no, 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 I don't, forget about, I don't need to be put this way, confidence, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got more front than Macy's, right? Um, so... <laughs> And and I this kept washing over me. I'm going I, seriously. I don't. I, I want to learn more about the business of the business, and because mm. it's my job as the executive here in Australia for business process outsourcing, I have to grow this organisation. So I interesting that I was then given more cake, and then I move into one of the big four banks, and wowee, two things happened. One, I learned about sponsorship. A bit of a funny story about that. And two, here comes cake again. I'm going, what? No, no, you don't need to. No, no. And I do had I had one interesting. You know, when you talk about bad bosses, I had a really bad boss there, and there was mutual loathing. And his loathing of me was because I had overtly stated my ambition from the outset, and he said to me, 
just be patient and your time will come. Oh and, but, and I'm going, are you serious? We're the mm. same age, man, and you're, you're earning half a million dollars more than I am. <laughs> like, don't tell me to be patient. And, yeah. and so, so it was interesting, some, some, you know, real dynamics. So I said about making sure that, well, if I'm not going to get what I need here, I'll get it from where I, you know, I'll go and get it. And this is why one of the many reasons, many, many reasons I did my MBA at that stage but also why I then went and sought out giving myself different experiences and getting myself exposed to different situations that would build my image as a leader, my understanding about the performance of the business, and also that exposure, me being exposed to them, them being exposed to me. So I Mm. put myself in the pathway of any and all opportunities that I could do before I knew about cake and pie. Yeah. So brilliant. Did that? So one of the things that we talk about is you can always have more than one mentor yep. at any point in time because different people will help you develop different skills. And when thinking about mentoring relationships, it's useful to think about people inside your organization, but also people outside. So when you went for your MBA, did you develop any mentorship relationships from with people outside, even though they, no matter how short or, or long they may have been. Yeah. So I had one lecturer in, in my MBA who mm-hmm. I developed a very, very strong relationship with. And she is, was, is, still is uh, in my network and is extremely good at not only getting me to the table, but making sure I've got a role at the table. So Chris was was terrific. And she was really, again, she spotted me. It's interesting. She asked me to lead one of her lectures. She said, I need to go out. Will you lead this lecture? And I'm just looking at her. And I'm I'm 47 years old going, what? (laughs) So I'm going, okay. (laughs) She's just take over for for the next, you know, 45 minutes. I've got to go and see someone with the other. I went, all right then. Okay, here we go. We Far out. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Now, now it was a, a fairly, ha- you know, there wasn't a lot of, wasn't content heavy, was, you know, whatever. But, you know, she, that, that's, that is, <laughs> I love the um, expression sink or swim. You know, I, I've been thrown in the deep end by a couple of, you know, two or three of these people in, in, in my career. And, but they've always been just standing on the edge of the water with a life preserver if I, if I need it. But I am, yeah. one of my opportunities is I am very bad at asking for help. I'm very determined to do stuff on my own. So this is probably why I haven't ever asked for a mentor. And it's kind of naturally occurred. So, you know, I have a, you know, one of my, if, if you spoke to my mother, she said, oh, she's been determined to do things on her own since the moment she was born. Um, so, you know, there, there's, there's something in that, that perhaps I have limited, you know, people probably haven't seen enough humility from me or, or vulnerability early enough, but anyway, that's a, that's a whole other story. And then, but within my organization, Susan, and I, as particularly as I became more senior, I knew that I really had to, I have to work all the time and keep building my skills around my financial acumen. Mm-hmm. And so I always, always had a, my BFF, my best friend forever at work was my finance partner um, or the so CFO. Yeah. Um, 
And in fact, my when I was working for Serco, I, I still have one of my dearest friends. We are great friends, but you know, he was my day husband. <laughs> Mark was awesome. He was at, he was our CFO. I was leading operations and he we spent a lot of time together, A, because we actually we really liked each other, still do, but he would he would help me build the knowledge about some of the intricacies. And I had to make really big decisions about pricing, about, you know, really big commercial decisions. And he was terrific to have as a mentor to bounce stuff off. Here I am, I'm doing a, I'm doing a tender, I'm doing a pricing pitch and I have to take it to the board and then pitch it to the client. What else should I be looking at? And, you know, scenario mapping. And, and then even at the, at the bank, I, the bank's finances were convoluted and difficult to get. I was used to running P&Ls and I wasn't running P&Ls at the bank and they weren't, I was frustrated because I'm going, where's my unit cost? How do I run this business? And so I just said, right, the, go back to you know my finance partner. So they became my mentors, particularly in the first you know 90 days of any role I took on. Because that That's was for me, brilliant. that was the way. Yeah. You know, tell me how we make money or how we save money or what yep. we do in this yep. business. And tell me how to interpret the language, the the numbers, you know, tell me how to make a difference. Please help me do this. So for me, that those were the mentors that were significant for me because I didn't need any more confidence, but I really needed to understand the P. The P yeah. was so important. One thing about that is every finance person who has ever presented it in any program I've ever done in the past has always said, we can be your best partners. So you've made good use of those. There are two other topics that I'd love to make sure we touch on before we get close to to the end. One has to do with sponsorship and you've mentioned it several times and you've mentioned a couple of people who've been sponsors for you. So I wanted to talk a, a bit about sponsorship. Now I get on my soapbox as you know about this because When the whole concept of the importance of mentorship entered the conventional wisdom as it relates to women's career advancement, mentorship was a big umbrella that included not only having someone who was in your corner and someone who helped you develop, but also someone who advocated for you to move in the organization, whether it's lateral opportunities or upward. That last piece is what people call sponsorship, which is having someone who will advocate for you. What, what's happened is so many formal mentoring programs in the organization haven't produced the rate of women's advancement that they hoped that people started talking in these terms. And it's even the title of a book, Forget a Mentor, Get a Sponsor. But the problem with that is that you can't be assigned a sponsor. You have to earn sponsorship. Yep. And if you could summarize, I think you've already talked about it, but if you could summarize quickly why you think you earned sponsorship from the people that you have described so far as being sponsors. The, the quickest way I can summarise is I had a proven track record. They yeah, could trust yeah. me that I could deliver. 
and they had seen me in action, they had seen me deliver, they could see my potential, but they they knew across all of the domains of leadership, you know, leadership is using the greatness in you to achieve and sustain extraordinary outcomes by engaging the greatness in others. They saw all three that I had delivered on that and that I had potential to do more at the next level and the next level. That's what they yeah. spotted. Yeah, good. Thank. That's. I think that's an absolutely accurate summary based on the stories that you've been able to share with us. The other thing I wanted to ask you was, we've been looking at mentoring through your experiences and the things that mentors have done for you to, to help you be, have the brilliant career that you've had. What kind of guidance would you give about what it takes for protégés to deserve having mentors? That's a good question. So... I think everyone deserves to have a mentor, but at the very heart of it, what do you want? It is very hard for a mentor to to mentor the reluctant protege or the Mm -hmm. reluctant mentee. And she can be reluctant for a range of reasons. And I had this experience uh, in a, 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 a corporate program that I run for one of my clients where some of my mentors that I was mentoring, they're saying to me, she's doesn't want to do this. She's kind mm. of happy where she is. And I'm saying, this is where we need to be much more deliberate about how we, you know, do these things. But anyway, so yeah. if you've got a career plan and, and I use the term loosely, cause I would say I'm not the shining light in terms of having career plans, but I was ambitious and I knew I knew what I wanted and I was open to pretty much any experience that got me there. So I think if she is clear that she wants to advance and lead at the next level, she deserves mentoring. If she's done the work to identify what her missing 33% is and she's clear about what she wants to focus on, she deserves mentoring. And... And I'm struggling with this because obviously there are so many unique circumstances, but we want her to want this. If she wants it, let's work it out. But if she doesn't want it, leave her alone. (laughs) Right, right. So that's really getting to the heart of what I was trying to, what's the word, open up for people who are listening, which is, first of all, you have to want it and therefore be willing to do what you say you're going to do in the, yep. in any mentoring conversation, uh, report back to your mentor on any assignment that's been given, be open to suggestions, be open with your, your own commentary. So you get a little bit of what you were calling uh, reverse mentoring, yep. Michelle. So good mentoring relationships are mutual and It's not just about the mentor giving to the protege. It's also about the protege being an active collaborator in her success. Absolutely. I mentored and still mentor informally a young woman when I was working at the bank. And one of the best things that Maria ever did for me as her mentor was we, we sat down and she said, Okay, so here's my performance review. And we had a scale of one to five, five being outstanding, one being, okay, we need to have a serious conversation. 
she was a four and she was, she's a rock star. And she sat me down and we're having a conversation. I said, right, where to next? She said, you need to let me know what it's going to take for me to, to be a 5A next year. Uh, mm-hmm. So a five being the what, the A being the behaviours, the how, and for me to tap into my bonus and to get ready to lead at the next level. I'm paraphrasing. Perfect, yeah. And I said, right. I said, right, so let's go through this forensically. And the fact that she was so clear about what she wanted in the time frame that she wanted it to be achieved and what she needed to do and how I was going to guide her was a joy for me as a mentor and still is. You know, she is, she's just a joy because she's so clear about what she wants and she's so clear about what she wants from me. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I, I guess mm-hmm. I get yeah. so much joy from, from yeah. working with her. Yeah. Here, here. I, I have a protege that I mentor. She sets the agenda for all of yep. her meetings and that's as it should be. Absolutely. Which reminds me <laughs> that I want to say a thing about mentoring across differences that For those of you who are listening, who are in a position to be mentors, think about mentoring diverse women, Mm -hmm. because often they have no access to mentorship. And you don't have to be three levels above, you can be one level above, or you can be in a different function that she has to understand better, but at the same level. So think about mentoring across differences. And if, if, you're, if you want to be mentored by someone who is different from you, be conscious of the fact that they might not understand your reality. And that part of the mentoring relationship is to bring your perspectives into it because that's a little bit of the reverse mentoring that Michelle mentioned earlier. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, that example I just gave you, um, this young woman is uh, culturally diverse. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons, one of the thousands of reasons that we we absolutely still see each other and what have you is, you know, Maria sees me as a very strong, senior, mature, powerful white woman. Mm-hmm. And she is a, and I'm, <laughs> we are the yin and yang, because I am very tall, very white, and typically very blonde. <laughs> She is very small, very brown, um, and very brunette. And uh, but she encounters the barriers that often that culturally diverse women encounter. And she's saying to me, "Help me bust through those." And yeah. I can do that because I can open doors with my privilege and get her in though in not just across the threshold, but in there. You know that image and exposure, the the, the pie, and it's such an important thing. But gee whiz, I learn a lot from her too. Yeah. So I've been madly taking notes because I wanted to try to provide a summary of what we've discussed. So here's what I have. And if I've forgotten anything, add it in before we close. So have goals, have your own career goals and make them known and use those goals as a framework for the mentoring relationship. Both of you, the mentor and the protege or mentee own responsibility for the success of the relationship. Do your part. Recognize that there are two different kinds of mentoring, cake and pie, and that the higher you go, the more important it is for you to get pie mentoring. It's okay to have, and and in some cases, it will be important to have more than one mentor at a time. And you can 
look for mentors both inside your organization and outside. So I'm an external mentor for uh, one of the women that I, that I work with. In order to earn sponsorship, you have to have a proven track record. And in the mentoring relationship, know what you want and take the guidance, suggestions, assignments of your mentor to heart and follow through and follow up. Okay, what did I miss? The only thing I'd add to that is yep. if, you're, if you're chosen to be a part of a corporate mentoring program and you are matched because they still go on, help shape the conversation with your mentor if they're looking a bit bewildered. Yes. <laughs> um, yep. So, you know, read the book. And there are some really great tools that, that we have around how to shape the conversations. But identify your missing 33%. and shape the conversation around that so that's you can shape it even if you are thrust into a relationship you're going wow how do we do this the mentor mentee can do this yes and the mentor will appreciate it because they are often very busy yeah absolutely on that note of oh actually I've got one more thing okay I, I would also say my other piece of advice is that Mentoring relationships don't have to be these chemistry-driven, symbiotic for 20 years. They changed my life. They can be short and sharp. In fact, some of the best ones are short and sharp um, and they are, you know, the time-bound ones. So don't think that you have to fall in love (laughs) and stay together forever. Thank you. Thank you. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think there's been such a disservice done to the whole concept of mentoring by the assertion that you have to have these deep, intimate relationships in order to benefit. That's absolutely not true. Sometimes they happen, but most often they don't need to. Yep, So absolutely. Thank you, Michelle. Every time we speak, I learn something or some things definitely about you, but about careers and in this case about mentorship. And, well, thank uh, you. Yeah, because, I as I said, I've, I've I've tracked back through my uh, my, my history and, and had some enjoyable reflections, really enjoyable right. reflections. But again, I, I just I back at you, lady. I mean, just <laughs> as I said to you the first time we met, oh my god, where were you twenty five years ago? And you said, well, I'm, I'm here now, and I went, yeah. you're here now, and you're still here yeah. now, and that's awesome. Yeah, that are. is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah And we hope that our awesomeness will help you all create a career that soars. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead to Soar. We sincerely appreciate your honest, positive reviews. You can leave questions at leadtosoar.com for Michelle and Mel to answer on future episodes. Until next time, we hope you'll use what you've learned here and lead to soar. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.